You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. You're listening to Stage Door Podcast, the podcast celebrating theatre and creativity from onstage mishaps to career-defining moments. Hosted by thespians myself, Tori, and co-host Eliza, fortnightly we will bring you industry professional guests, deep dives, and more. Bonjour, and welcome back to Stage Door Podcast for another one of our musical theatre deep dives, where we talk about the pros, cons, ups, downs, ins, and outs of your favourite musicals. And joining us once again, we have the wonderful Gareth Isaac. Hello, everyone. Lovely to be here. Hello. Lovely to have you back. We're so keen to chat some more musicals. It's always a thrill. Always a thrill. (laughs) <laughs> and also back for the final deep dive of the year. After I this know, episode, right? We have two more episodes for season three, and then we'll be taking a short um, hiatus, a short two-month hiatus, which is the longest Eliza and I have had off from the podcast since we started it three years ago. Yeah, so we're back with another deep dive as per voted by you, but um, I think we should jump into it. So I'll pass it over to you, Eliza. Yes, so before we get started, we would like to acknowledge the Gadigal people of the Era Nation and the Tabal people of Yugera, the traditional custodians of this land on which we work, live, and record, and recognize their continuing connection to land, water, and community. So without further ado, let's get started with our deep dive topic. As voted by our audience, the show-stopping, jaw-dropping, so exciting, smash hit, Moulin Rouge. Woo! Add sound effects. Here. Uh, <laughs> we'll, get it in, we'll get it in post. Exactly, exactly. Based on the 2001 film of the same name, Moulin Rouge tells the story of aspiring writer Christian, who falls desperately in love with Satine, the sparkling diamond of the Moulin Rouge, a cabaret venue of the heart of Paris. Their courtship is troubled by jealous suitors and illness, and the revelation that their bohemian ideals of truth, beauty, freedom, and love may not be enough to see them through. The original Baz Luhrmann film was transformed into a groundbreaking stage musical with book by John Logan and direction by Alex Timbers in 2016, when Australian producers Global Creatures set their sights on the IP. 2017 brought about a workshop period in New York with Aaron Tevey and Karen Olivio in the roles of Christian and Satine. Satine which they would reprise in both the 2018 Boston production and finally the 2019 Broadway debut, which is currently still running at the Al Hirschfeld Theatre, having survived the 2020 COVID shutdown of Broadway. The show was nominated for a massive 14 awards at the 74th Tony Awards and took home 10 of them, including Best Actor, Best Director, Best Choreographer and Best Musical. With more than 70 songs making up its catalogue of jukebox hits, Moulin Rouge has gone on to premieres on the West End, and an Australian version is currently touring the country and finds itself can-can-canning at Sydney's Capital Theatre. We love it! So many puns! I swear to God. Honestly, just keep letting me write the introductions and you'll keep getting quality content like this. So you'll wonder why next season Gareth will mysteriously not be here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that is a threat. This is a joke. Naughty, naughty, naughty. So uh, we should open this one by clarifying we are coming at this with Mm -hmm. a slightly spotty knowledge base. I myself have only ever seen the Broadway production of Moulin Rouge back in 2019. 
And uh, friends, what do you think? What were your What's your experience? So- for me, I have only listened, I've had a very hectic week and I've tried to find a bit of a, you know, slime tutorial, but have not been successful this week. So I've listened to a bunch of the soundtrack, done my research, um, th- that kind of thing. But that's kind of where I'm coming at with my knowledge of the show. It's just from what visuals I have been able to find and things. So yeah, take that with a grain of salt as you will. Um, I'm sure things will change once I hopefully I would love to see the Australian production of this show at some point. Hopefully it comes to Brisbane. That's my hope, but I don't know. I, don't I mean, know. We'll and see. I'm lucky enough. I saw it only two weeks ago. Two weeks ago? Yeah. Oh, I, I saw it two fresh. weeks ago at the Capitol Theatre. Um, so I, it's very fresh in my mind. Um, and obviously we have a lot of friends and colleagues that are currently in this phenomenal mm-hmm. show. Um, do indeed. Let me be the first to say, I don't know whether people agree with me, but it has very quickly become one one of my favorite shows that I've seen. Um, really, it's definitely a favorite theater experience for me. Mm-hmm. Um, the show itself, I don't know if I would say it's one of my favorites, as, as in like just like listening to it. It's not something that I necessarily go back to. I've got songs in this show that I absolutely love, and love like i'm just gonna jump into it i love the arrangements um there are some arrangements in this show that i really really love um i can't say it's a show that i um i adore this movie it is one of my all-time favorite movies ever um and i can't um i I will say when it originally the the original broadway cast recording dropped i i was like yeah it's you know it's not what i expected it's not um, bad in no way I think is it bad there are definitely a lot of shows out there that I listen to and I'm like oh, I will never listen to you again um it was a really enjoyable show to listen to um but some of the arrangements in this show are so fun and are so clever like I will talk about this more later but backstage romance I listen to this song multiple times a day it is my favorite <gasps> song it is my favorite number in the really? entire show, yes, I love it. It was one of those ones. I'm not a dancer. I'm a solid mover, not a dancer. I have started practicing to do this dance because I'm so enamored with the song and how it's done <laughs> and watching it on stage. I have very physical reactions to things and this was like, I, I couldn't sit still. Oh, I agree. That that song, I was able to find a, a wicked clip of that one. I and I see this is the thing. I am coming at it with a spotty knowledge of of the show and what what I have seen of it. But I thought the dancing was unreal. I was getting goosebumps all over the shop. Like the dancing in this show, from what I've seen, is just phenomenal. It's so striking. It's really dynamic, which kind of like plays into the the world that the movie kind of set up as well. Like it's very dynamic hard hitting it's fast pace it's in your face there's so many mashups and um the arrangements of the songs are just wham bam thank you ma'am let's change it every five seconds and and keep you on your toes that's what it sounds like to me but it was interesting because I wouldn't say that would be my favorite vocally like the first half of it um for me I go does that work in the context of taking a pop song and trying to put it into the music theater canon but obviously like that's just from what I saw um, of that take. But 
I thought the dancing was phenomenal. The arrangement was absolutely phenomenal. But that is something that I think comes with this show is having the jukebox nature of it, having to pair that with the acting and the storytelling nature of the show can be pretty tricky for something like this. Mm, I think we've landed on... Really hit the nail on the head almost immediately. This show is a feast for the senses. It's almost a sensory overload in a sense. I keep saying the word sense. The show looks good. The show sounds amazing. The show is designed in such a way that it is a feast for the eyes. It is a gorgeous, beautiful sounding show. And we meant I mentioned earlier, 70 different songs all interpolated throughout this two and a bit hour musical. It's an incredible feat of musical arrangement and the choreography we mentioned. There are people being thrown around, dragged along the floor. The Tango de Roxanne remains one (gasps) of my favourite pieces of choreography that I've ever seen. And it also made me realise horribly that I can never be in this kind of show. (laughs) Like, I have a good high kick, but that's by virtue of me being 70% leg. Yes. yes. Oh, I agree. <laughs> I think um, you're right. It's hard. I think um, for me, listening to it now that I've seen it, I do come at listening as you do with every show when you listen to it prior to seeing it. Um, I now see it very differently now that I have seen mm. it uh, physicalized. I think it's hard with. See, I don't even know because this is not. They've not done what you would traditionally, I think, do with a jukebox where it is full songs, you know, where it is much more, you know, they will do the entirety of a song. It is so mashed up and arranged that there was certainly moments in the show where it felt natural and it just felt like mm-hmm. that's what it had always been. Like, um, truth, freedom, beauty, love, I think is yeah. maybe what the song is called. Um, really loved that and when previously listening to it I it felt quite jarring where versus seeing it it felt quite natural it was really interesting getting the audience reaction to this show um because let me tell you the Australian cast are absolutely insane they are phenomenal like Mm -hmm. a phenomenal um and I feel so blessed to have been able to go and see this show um that the dancers, the actors, everything, uh, uh, crazy talented. Um, but when, um, you know, they started singing Royals, like Law, Lord Royals, um, the reaction of the audience was like a little bit chittery and giggly. And I totally see it because people, are, I feel like not used to having a jukebox musical done like this, where the songs have been taken so away from what they originally are, which I enjoyed because I didn't feel... I sat somewhere in the middle. I didn't feel like I was watching a jukebox musical. It felt like something new. But like I was saying before, there were definitely moments where it felt so natural for how the songs were. And there were other moments where I was like, ooh, I maybe would have liked to actually sit on some of the songs, like particular songs within certain mashups. I would have liked to sit Mm. on them a little bit longer because I was starting to be pulled around too much with certain... Songs, and it was mainly in the intimate moments I found that happening. Yeah, it's definitely one of those shows that you can see how it's really smart 
the way that they have done it because not only have they changed some of the instrumentation of the songs it just makes it it makes the songs different that you don't realize that you're listening to that song until you're like a couple seconds and you're like oh my god there's that song and you feel so smart that you know what the song is but it's also smart because audiences can sing along to it they know the lyrics of it which is something that works in the favor of the storytelling because they know what the lyric is then they go oh I love the way that they've put that spin on it or that lyric has now come alive in a way I've never thought about it that way and it's from like a marketing or like a uh, keeping a show running it's very smart because it's super accessible to everyone because pop music it brings the MT lovers the pop music lovers and everyone in between who can enjoy the feast of a musical visually and also vocally. Yes, and this is where I think Mulan succeeds, excels, and the reason it's still doing so well, despite pandemics and, you know, world-ending events. It knows what Mm -hmm. it is and it embraces what it is. It is two things, first and foremost. It is a jukebox musical and it is a Baz Luhrmann film. Lerman leans so heavily on the extravagant and the wink and the nudge to the audience. Look at any of his movies. So we're looking at Romeo and Juliet, Strictly Ballroom, the original Moulin Rouge film, and now Elvis, which is in and of itself, again, a feast for the senses. So leaning into that energy and bringing it into the music saying, hey, here's a bit, here's a song you know, here's another song you know, oh aren't you clever, let's follow me along, follow me on this journey. And then we get to the big character songs. I will say, uh, Satine singing Firework is something that, to me, I think we could have had a better song. This is something for the composition. Because, for mm-hmm. me, it it was giving me trauma of, you know that exercise in drama school where you get up and you recite your song as a monologue? Yes! <laughs> it... And this is no shade to any actor who has ever done this role. Karen Olivo, Patrice Tepoki, uh Olinta Chinzi. These are all incredible actors. But that song just comes out of nowhere. Everyone's like, oh, she's doing firework. That's cool. But it doesn't further Satine's character. And I wish Satine's character had so much more agency than she does. That's all I'll say. I definitely felt like I could feel specifically with that song. It was one of those songs that kind of took me out of it a little bit. Um, I feel like... Especially, so I saw Patrice. Yeah. Yeah, I saw yeah, you, Patrice. W- you would have seen Patrice. Um, as Satine, who is absolutely phenomenal. Um, and I can definitely see what they wanted from the song. And it definitely, it kind of got, there were definitely moments in that song that I think work really well. And there were moments in that song where I was like, ah, it's a, it's a song from outside of the show, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I found all of the arrangements were really creative and really gave so much opportunity and made it so different, I think, from, you know, your regular jukebox musicals. But I think the thing for me, and I don't know if it's because I just enjoyed the music so much and the dancing and the spectacle that I felt like the story I, I missed. <laughs> So much. Obviously, you know, it's very hard to take a two and a half, three hour Baz Luhrmann film and condense it onto stage into Mm -hmm. a musical. Hmm. I I agree. There were definitely some, 
Yeah, there were definitely some moments where I felt like the lead up to Satine's, uh, spoiler alert, death, if you haven't seen the <gasps> movie that's been out for <gasps> over 10 years. Um, for, oh my God, over 20 years. I was going to say, <laughs> it was more than 10 years ago. That was 2001, my dude. <laughs> Uh, we are old now. Um, yeah. Speak for yourself. I'm um, a spring chicken. <laughs> there was, I kind of felt like we uh, very suddenly got to the end of the show, um, which, you know, it's hard because I feel like as a writer, I would have been like, no, we need we need like another 30 minutes. But also as a producer going, nobody's going to want to sit there for another 30 minutes. You know, uh, mm-hmm. having to make those shots and calls, I can definitely see where that comes into play. But I think oh, this show is such, and it's been said so many times, is such a feast for the senses. It is definitely, I will say, for anyone who is neurodivergent, it is definitely overstimulating. Um, I was very, <laughs> very overstimulated, um, especially, I think, in the second half of the show. Um you know, <laughs> following bad romance, where my is the opening number of the um, second act, I believe. Yeah. Um, I those I just can't get over those arrangements. I think I would never in a million years have thought bad romance and toxic would be yeah. songs that would work well together. But seamless and amazing so good. and. The dance, Sonia Taya, the choreographer, who is the first woman in 10 years to have won the Tony Award for Best Choreography of a Musical. Well deserved, oh, well deserved. Absolutely phenomenal. And I can <laughs> now, firsthand, can 100% see everything and the storytelling through dance as well, which I feel like you definitely get in musicals, obviously, because they're musicals, but it is so strong. So strong. It's mind-blowing what they have created on stage. Mm. Yeah, I think the dancing is really masterful in this in this show. I mean, it's extremely clever because the thing is that Moulin, the Moulin Rouge is a real place and people, the one, some of the world's best dancers dance at the Moulin Rouge. So when you come and see a musical called the Moulin Rouge, you're expecting some good dancing, like, at the very least. And this show kind of gives you all the things that you want, but way more. It, it gives you, you know, even starting with the can-can number, you know, you go, oh, fantastic, this is where I am. I am in in the life of the Moulin Rouge. And you're almost transported to this complete other world. And that's what they do through the set as well. They completely transform you with this set that exterior to not even the stage that just is mind-blowing you walk in and it's a feast for your eyes um and you can't believe that and that's what I think is so well done in this show is to highlight the dancing this is one of those shows that you would say is a dance show and you'd say it's but equally as much a a vocal Mm. um masterpiece as well it's but absolutely one of those shows where it's like the the triple threat show like yeah, you, you you need to be able to do them all, and I feel like it is. This show is an experience. It's a spectacle. It's phenomenal. The show starts before the show starts. Um, mm-hmm. There is a um, a moment, and I was mildly aware of this before going, but there was a moment when um, they come the ushers, which is 
obviously, you know, ushers are always saying, you know, don't, don't film it, don't take photos. But there was a moment just as some of the cast start to come out and are just milling before the show, doing their thing, staring at you very sexily and intimidatingly. Um, <laughs> I don't know like whether to be turned on or scared. And about to be spanked. A bit of both. Yeah. Take that as you will. Um, <laughs> but that was then like, you know, okay, now no photos, turn your phones off. Um, so it is, it's a, it's a whole experience. And I feel like also in seeing this show, it was so phenomenal to see the actors. It was both seeing the performers play these roles, but also seeing these people that we know, I was still able to see who they were. This show allows their cast to still be themselves in these roles and bring who they are to these roles, which is what I've noticed since seeing the um, Australian cast versus watching clips from the Tony Awards and clips from the West End. um, I think they performed on like Britain's Got Talent or something. Um, since seeing that, and I can see these are not carbon copies of these ensemble roles or these main roles. These people are taking it and and making it their own. And I feel like this is such um, a company that allows them to do that and really promotes them to do that. Hmm. I, I think it's entirely about inviting you into the world of the Moulin Rouge by showing that these are actual people being allowed to have a say in what their characters do what their kind of personality is certainly they're being given archetypes based on the original broadway that's that's how theater works but being allowed to have this amount of spin and letting you see the people underneath the paint so to speak and the show itself invites people in we mentioned earlier the clever composition allowing people to follow along and saying oh i know that one oh i know that one it becomes a where's wally musically but physically As you walk into the theatre, the Capitol Theatre has been changed pretty dramatically. You have the windmill on the left, the elephant on the right, the cast milling about, and there has been a, for those who haven't seen the show, a particular style of thrust staging that has been added onto the front of the Capitol's stage with a small path down the middle, almost a catwalk, and two sort of U-bends around. And in the dead centre of those is audience seating. You pay a little extra, Mm. you get to sit in the middle. Once you're in, you're in for good. You can't leave during the middle of the show because they'll interrupt the choreography. (laughs) Like, you're not going to be interrupting someone's triple spin by getting up to have a wee. But it just further cements the idea that the audience is meant to be a part of this show. They are meant to be experiencing it as a visceral experience rather than just uh, a passive one, an active participant in the story. And this is solidified Mm. by the top of the show being spotlight on Christian and addressing the audience directly as these events have already happened. This is just the story and the retelling. And then, of course, the MC himself, Harold Ziedler, Simon Burke, I adore. I will die for that man. Very much enjoy him. So good. Comes out and just starts doing the Moulin Rouge show. Like, oh, shit, it's the cabaret. And now we're backstage. Oh, there's drama. There's drama behind the scenes. And then we're invested almost immediately. It's, I, I've said it before, it's a clever way of making sure your show can connect with its audience. It's just fun. 
Oh, I agree. I mean, that whole opening section, I think, is stunning. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, this is correct, right? That the Lady Marmalade song starts, like, you know, the whole next half of the show. And That's we right. get into the show half. And that is hot. That is hot. Can we talk about those <laughs> costumes? They are hot. I'm I'm all about it. I've, I heard the Australian cast do it. I've heard it. And anytime I hear that song, it gives me all the goosebumps, all the shivers. It makes me just so excited. I think it's such a smart way to open it up because that's the song that kind of sticks out to me as being one of the ones that you always remember and I mean we've all been in the high school bands where we got to sing Lady Marmalade and sing our sing to the gods I don't know I, I don't know I think that it. I think that's entirely you experience Eliza I have certainly never been is in that... a high school band singing that I went to an all boys school thank you that is not the song I associate with Moulin Rouge I know it's part of it but for me it's come what may I'm sorry <laughs> Yeah, oh, I know, but that, that's not my like. That wouldn't be like my no. my first one. I'd be like, oh yeah, that. Ah, uh, but keep, Rouge, keep in song. mind, you're not a tenor. <laughs> that's true. That's yeah, true. Yeah. I'm a belter. Come we, on. We have our experiences. <laughs> our own likes and dislikes are based upon those, and I like a good <laughs> screaming tenor song. <laughs> I mean, fair. Oh, speaking <laughs> of screaming seems... tenors, I'm sorry. Um, this is a fun little fact. So we know that our Lord and Saviour, Aaron Tveit, played Christian on the Broadway. Still is. He's mm-hmm. killing it. And I don't know how many of you are aware, the Tango de Roxanne has a single section that has become, uh, I want to say, viral on oh the internet. God. Yes, it is gorgeous. It is, it is Aaron Tveit optioning up at the end of that song. But here is something. There has been a consequence of this within Moulin Rouge itself. Inside the production. This has come directly to me from a dear friend in the show. So, the tango to Roxanne in A minor, in the key of A minor. It is now, in whatever production it is in the world, forever in the key of G minor. It has been taken down two tones, because or two semitones rather. Because no one can keep doing it the way that Aaron Tveit does it. So is it so that that it, it can sound the same, but it's not not as strenuous? Damaging? This is correct. It is a very smart choice to ensure ensure the longevity of your performers and your show by making sure that no one is trying to kill themselves to sound like that Tony winning freak. But I feel I like, thought I feel like yeah. they shouldn't. I I mean, look, it may be. I feel like they shouldn't do that. I feel like it's kind of one of those things. That Eliza and I were discussing the other day about Heather's and the Barrett Wilbur Weed insane end to Dead Girl Walking that not a lot of other um, people do because it is it's not it's not easy sustainable and mm. and it's not sustainable to continue doing that. Um, but also, just to correct you, I think you said Aaron Tavay is still on Broadway. He's not. Oh, no, you're right. Derek Klanner took over. I apologise. Derek Klanner is now doing it. Well, you know what? Uh, just uh, to hang me you. for a fool. Hang me for a sucker. <laughs> I will. I will indeed. <laughs> um, no. But speaking of the movie and the songs that we remember from the movie, yes, it does open with the Lady M's and they are absolutely insane. Like, let me tell oh, you. Insane. Just- um, Just, I need to see this. <laughs> for me, so Nature Boy is one of the songs that I really heavily associate, as well as the Elephant Love Medley. Mm. Um, yes. Yeah. There was definitely, I think it's really one of those situations for me, I did have to separate 
the musical from the movie a bit because there were some things because I grew up on this movie and it's one of my all-time favorite movies there was a few changes made that made me go oh oh they oh they changed it okay that makes me a little bit sad no I I agree there's a few moments uh plot wise particularly towards the end that are quite different from the film yeah and it it sets it sets me on edge a little bit to be honest like towards the end it made me not want to root for anybody in the show Uh, the the changing of the plot point with christian uh yeah i think yeah you know know, yeah you know what i'm talking about Uh, this is a bit of a that was a bit a bit of a spoiler but um Towards the end of the show, Christian has taken the place of the lead actor in the play within a play, and there's a scene where this actor points a false gun at Satine's character and says, declare your love for me. But Christian has a real revolver and is forcing Satine to declare her love for him after she rejected him out of fear for her own life like 10 minutes prior. And it made me physically uncomfortable. Mm. Like, I don't know about you guys, I'm, this is, this is a, problem i had with the film as well i'm tired of women existing in media as well as their pain and suffering furthering a man's progression i i agree i mean i i personally actually warm rose isn't one of my favorite movies um it's probably one of my least favorite to be honest i can see tori crossing you off her friendship list i know no and and this is nothing to do with the musical i actually preferred the musical to be quite honest i was really excited by it and i think it works better as a musical in my opinion than a movie i think that's exactly right the the woman in this instance i mean yeah i think she she doesn't have as much yeah, I, I do agree with you on that point. I don't know exactly what I what I want to say on that, but yeah. I think it's I think... just that she doesn't have as much, like it's all around a relationship and the man and, and that's mm. a common theme though in, in any it is. media and and it is a trope that we love. When this is made, this is the original movie is made in 2001. It would have shot obviously yeah. long before then. It is a very camp, very satirical yeah. movie. I think one of the things that I both liked and disliked, I still am a bit unsure how to feel about it, so many changes to the Duke. So obviously in the movie, the Duke is this kind of silly, um, uh, silly kind of um, tall, lanky, like he is kind of a bit of bit gullible, but also kind of sees it, but also kind of doesn't want to see it because he really just wants Satine and, mm. you know... Um, and he's, he's not a threat. He's unthreatening. No, he's a threat in the sense of the money. And, you know, it does... There are moments in the movie where he does become a bit more threatening and you're like, oh, this person might actually do something like it. Like, in the end of the movie where... Um, there is the gun and and in the gun and he points it, but he's very clearly, you're like, you're not going to do anything with that, sir. You're not going to do it. Um, versus in the musical, there is obviously a lot of, there are some different themes in it. Um, and obviously as a trigger warning for people listening and or seeing the show, there is definitely some themes of DV. Yes, there are definitely a lot of themes of that. Um, there's obviously, you know, possession of people you know there are there are a lot of themes and the duke definitely much more leans into being this 
very attractive, tall, you know, the tall, dark and handsome, mysterious, has all the money character that is actually legitimately scary and threatening. Not in a silly way, in a legitimately, like, mafia boss kind of way. Mm. Um, Which is something, I still don't know how I feel about it. And again, it's one of those things where I do actually kind of see the movie and the musical a little bit separately in order to be able to enjoy them as their own kind of separate entities, which I feel like is what you have to do sometimes with these kind of shows. I agree. The separation. I completely agree. I think that that something is that I think it kind of needs that. You know, it's the movie very different to the musical, and I think it kind of needs these heightened stakes in order to achieve these songs, in order to then achieve the goal or the outcome of the show. Like, you want to be frightened for these people and that there are high stakes that that's why we sing songs like Roxanne and things like that so that there is a stake to it and by making a character that way um like that shot of uh Satine walking you know you know when she's starting to walk during Roxanne and he's singing like it's it gives you the goosebumps and taking a character like that and more dramatically dramatizing it and making it slightly different I think it works in the context of this show a, a lot better but I guess on that note, we might actually do a bit of a game. Yeah. Um, we're actually going to take it back to a good old lyric challenge. Oh, snap. I have. <laughs> Eliza has put the game together this time, and I am frankly terrified. I have. I have put it together. Now, I have been told by someone that I'm too easy when it comes to the lyric challenges. Oh, no. But. I think I've been a bit easy again, but I'm not sure. We're, we're, I've gone for a middle road, you know? We'll like, I'm, I'm tossing it out there, you know? We're putting it out there. Um, if James is listening to this, he probably will get all of it and be like, Eliza, you need to be harder again. Hi, James, but whoever you are. We I know, we'll have to get James on just to do a lyric challenge and see and see who... <laughs> <laughs> it's victorious. Okay, so the first one, I'm going to do Tori. You're going to okay. go first. Okay, okay. I'm going to move my mic away from me a little bit so I don't smack it. So don't peek. Okay. Yeah. Now, if you want, for one point, you can get... Actually, I'll just do one point. I'm going to say the name of the song so that you know what song it's in. Cause yeah, like, because there's <laughs> like... A Jillian in this musical. Again, that 70 songs. 70. So, like, you know, we're really, we're hitting all points. Okay, so this is Roxanne. His eyes upon your face, his hand. Caress your skin. It's more than I can stand. I, it wasn't the one I was going for. Wait, wait, what did you say? Say it again. Sorry. His eyes upon your face, his hand. Upon your hand. His yes. lips caress your skin. Yes. It's more than I can stand. Sorry, I jumped ahead a little bit. <laughs> oh, you did. You. That was good. Because I've got Ewan McGregor in my head and I'm just like... Oh. I mean, who doesn't? No I one right? truly beats Ewan McGregor. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 100%. Oh, Sorry, Obi-Wan. <laughs> okay, Gareth, since this is your favourite song, I have given it to you. I feel like I should have been harder, but that's okay. All right. Come What May from Come What May. Oh, for God's sing sake. Out this... <laughs> sing out this song and I'll be there by your side. Storm clowns may gather. But drink formaldehyde. I don't know. <laughs> and, okay, I'll give you a little bit. No, and no, no. Stars... There is There is nothing to help me here. All I've got in my brain is Mary Poppins. I'm useless. Oh, no. 
I've, I've lost I everything. Yes. Maybe? Jump, jump, please. It's just, it's just poppins. Put me, just poppins. Put me out of my misery. What, what did, can you repeat the lyric one more time? Sure thing. So I'll just go, uh, sing out this song and I'll be by your side. Storm clouds may gather and stars. Oh, oh no, I've got it. I've got it. Oh, stars may good, collide. Good. Yes. Oh, thank God. My single brain cell. You've got it. You've got this, Gareth. Yay! Oh, there you are, Peter. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're tied. So, Tori, only girl in a material world. That's the song. Want you to love me like I'm a hot ride. Keep thinking of me. Oh, God. Hang on. Sorry. I'm trying to... Oh, do it again. Okay, now I have the some of the songs in this song in my head. I was going to say, I kind of want to sing it, but like also... Are I you sense-memorying okay. yourself into remembering these lyrics? Maybe. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> want you to love me like I'm a hot rat. <laughs> uh, keep thinking of me. Oh my God. I'll do it again. Want you to love me. Like a hot rod, keep thinking of me. Can I jump in? Oh, I know that, and then I know that it then goes into want you to make me feel like I'm the only girl in the world. Yes. But I know there's a line before yep. that, and I can't think what it is. Okay, Gareth. Doing what you like is the yes. line. Yes. Queen Doing Rihanna. Doing what you like. Okay, Gareth. Yours is your song. Okay. Oh, how dare you! <laughs> <laughs> You I can give change me one it. of my favourite songs, but you gave Gareth one of his favourite songs. I do apologise. It was the order that was on the page. <sighs> uh, I'm so sorry you I'm have so to sorry. edit that okay. witch's cackle I just let out. <laughs> I won't. Never. I'll leave that in just for you. <laughs> okay. And this is from your song. And you can tell everybody this is your song. It may be quite simple. <laughs> But now that it's done. Yes. Oh, oh that was way too easy, Tori wasn't it? So that was upset. way too easy. Tori's so upset. Gareth only gets half a point for that. That is one of the easiest songs okay, in the entire I'll give, show. I'll, I'll play that. I'll play that. Yeah, Girl, you can so have I'm, a half. You can have a half point. All right, so I'm still two and a half points to your one. Okay, so what I'm going to do, you're on one, Tori. Gareth, you're on two and a half. <laughs> I'm going to make this one a whopping... Two points. Winner takes it all. And you have to buzz in your name. Okay. And you have to let me finish the lyric first. Bray, this is from Crazy Rolling. So the scars of your love remind me of us. They keep me thinking that we almost had it all. The scars of your love. One, two, three. Tori. Tori got in. They leave me breathless. I can't help feeling we could have had it all. Yeah! (laughs) Uh, for those listeners who are unaware, uh, we frequently have internet connectivity issues on my end. So I would like to say that I <laughs> no. jumped in a solid second Absolutely and a half not. before Tori said anything. I you like did not. You did that. not. It was I was first on mine and Eliza's end. Therefore, <laughs> too bad. I am so going sad. To, I will die mad. I will die mad. <laughs> this is the first time I've gotten to play in so long. I'm so sorry, Gareth. Well, Tori is the the renowned champion. Uh, she has won. I very luckily got out of this week's uh, this week's lyric off. Yes. Uh, <laughs> thank you for playing. Congratulations, Tori. Uh, you are the winner. 
Thank you. I feel like we're <laughs> at a good point to maybe, especially on my victory, to start, you know, wrapping things up, giving yeah. some yeah. final thoughts, feelings, and, and opinions. Actually, let's talk about, because I did see a note, and in general, so this is this note was specifically about Aaron today. Let's talk about the Tony Awards that year in general. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Because, obviously, as most will know... And I, for ages, leading up to the Tony Awards, because I do try and watch them every year. Try as hard as I can, depending on, uh, in Australia, where I it is viewable. I, I, thought, I thought for ages that the fact that Aaron Tafei was the only one nominated was like actually like a joke. Yeah. And, <laughs> but then discovered, and like, you know, they do that. I really was like, why are they even doing the whole thing where they're like, oh, the nominees are Aaron Tafei. And the winner is... Aaron Tavay. Aaron Tavay. No, Wouldn't you it's... feel shit? Let's be honest. As an actor, yeah. wouldn't you kind of be like, well... <laughs> like, it's great well, to have it, of course, and you know that you deserve it, but also it's like, I'm not even up against anyone. To be honest, though, I do feel like he probably would have won it. Oh. I, I, like, I yes. just think his performance was amazing. From everything I saw, I was like, goosebumps, chills, absolutely incredible. Thank you. But, um, it, it I mean, it kind of sucks for him as well, because it's like, did I win that Tony Award because I deserved it or because I was the only one? But at the same time, I don't know, as someone who really loves his performance i think that he would have won the tony anyway so kind of deserves it and hey if you win a tony award you win a tony award i mean i agree the man's been in the business for so goddamn long he's been nominated a bunch never actually taken it out i think this year was his year just because the other musicals Mm -hmm. that were running at that time did not have anyone good enough to be nominated or at least the academy's eyes to be nominated for Best Leading Actor in a Musical, this does not mean it was not going to be Tveit's year. But it does just put me in mind of when I was in year 12, I was the only one studying French beginners and they gave me a first place award for it. It does feel like, here, here's your prize, have a good night. Not to say that he isn't talented. Like, have you, have you heard Next to Normal? He's a freak. Oh, yeah, insane. But that, that being said, from what you just said, I don't think it was a thing of whether anybody else was good enough. There wasn't any other shows, really... That yeah. had male leads. This is at, true. This in is true. That particular year, and at the time, I looked and I was like, "No way! That's there's not, you know, not even one other person." And really, they were all supporting roles. All mm-hmm. of the other main male roles in these shows, um, like Tina, the Tina Turner musical. Yeah, it is about Tina Turner, and while yes, there are male supporting roles in that show, none of them really are what I would consider, or I assume what the Academy considers, leads. No, and, and I think that... The Supremes was an ensemble number, so... Yeah, I feel like that particular year, it was really between, for all the awards, in my eyes, in my opinion, please don't attack me, but also understandably if you do, it was really just between Moulin Rouge and Tina. For example, Jagged, where does that fall in terms of Tony Awards and things like that? Because now... It's not really, some roles aren't so gendered anymore. You know what I mean? And we have these like gendered uh, labels, which just now just doesn't seem. Which leads to like the question of yeah, when it comes to the awards. And I'm very curious to see how this pans out 
because we know change takes time. Time. Yeah. Um, much to everyone's constant frustration, it you know, the, the foundations have to be built and it takes time. But I'm very curious, especially when you look at shows like Jagged, which yeah. are so much about the queer, you know, about story, yeah. queer stories, about young people, you know, having these idealized versions of their world in their mind and then realizing that that's not what's happening. Um, and so I'm very curious to see how it progresses moving forward because I don't necessarily want to minimize the amount of awards that there are because I feel like already there are so few and you know, it's, Mm. they're such coveted as they are. So I feel like you wouldn't want to minimize the amount of awards, but then needing to come up with much more gender neutral and much categories. more categories, yeah, categories, definitely. much more open-minded about what exactly they're judging, and how to award that. If that makes sense, like yeah, it's certain that... musicals like The Supremes and um, like yeah. A Strange Loop and things like that. Where I'm like, how what, things like what, six. Where does this? Ca- where does yeah. this fall? What is this categorized as? How do you make it more inclusive in general? I no, I agree. I think that uh, it's a really interesting topic that we've just brought up. That I think, uh, yeah, it's, I, I would be so interested to hear if what anyone listening has any ideas on that as well, and what you think on that kind of thing. Like, send us a DM because I'm interested to start. I don't know. It's a really interesting discussion to have. So, yeah. It'd be interesting to hear other people's opinions on that because yeah. it's mm. it's definitely one of those tricky things with awards shows like Tony Awards. This show is phenomenal. I've really enjoyed actually having a little look into it. I'm really hoping to get to see this show uh, live, the Australian version. I know there's some incredible, incredible performers a part of it, and um, it's only I'm sure it's only grown more and Our more own since it opened. Podcast and... alum Liv is one of the lady yes. M's. Olivia Vasquez, much love. An absolute, an absolute angel of a human, and just such a like out of this world performer. Can't even comprehend. Insane, insane. Mm. But yeah, so it's 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 been really fun getting to chat a little bit of Moulin Rouge. I think it's such a fantastic musical. If you guys want to go and see Moulin Rouge as well and see it while it's in Australia, you can go to MoulinRougeMusical.com. Um, and you can get tickets there. It's currently at the Capitol Theatre in Sydney, and then it will be at in Perth and then back in Melbourne. So make sure you guys catch tickets if you're in any of those cities, even if you're not in those cities, because it is not one to miss, and Absolutely I not. certainly am hoping to see it sometime yeah. in the near future. It is so it's spectacular, spectacular. Anyway, we've we've come to the end, and this is our last deep dive for the year. Thank you so much, Gareth, yes. for joining us again You're for another so season. You're so welcome, guys. It's always a thrill to come on and nerd out with you guys. I love it. Gareth will be back next season as long as his availability lines up, because you know he's busy being successful in Mary Poppins. Oh. I'm, Imagine being a star, employed. I wouldn't know. Crazy. I wouldn't know about being a star, but I'm certainly employed. And I'm bringing my laptop with me everywhere. I will work out all the technical kinks and I'm making sure I'm coming back next year. Yes, absolutely iconic. I can't wait to for Poppins to come to Brisbane. That's where we are. That's right. It's 
It's coming to Brizzy, so guys, get tickets. I know all my Brizzy friends and I are all going to be hitting up Poppins because we're keen. And I can't wait to say hello and see you when you come up. It'll be fantastic. We might record an episode together. Who knows? But anyway, guys, we hope you have enjoyed this year's lot of deep dives. We've enjoyed doing it for you. Um, we can't wait for next year. But until then, stay happy, healthy, and safe, and we'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.